0: Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. For further information about Northridge Church, visit us online at northridgethomason.com. As I shared with you a couple of weeks ago, where my expectation was, was here, God's expectation was way uh, beyond that point. So not only did we get the five acres in the building, but as God began to uh, deal with my heart and the owner of the property, uh, Rush Ministries entered into a pers- purchase agreement, a uh, lease purchase agreement. And uh, we secured 385 acres, uh, two lakes, a uh, couple of buildings, a uh, maintenance shed, and began to move forward. And we saw God's hand all the way through uh, the process. We started meeting here, of course, in July. And as you saw a moment ago, we've seen 108 people uh, come to Christ just in this room alone. Amen, yeah. We've had 41 people. Uh, be baptized, some of those were uh, to be rebaptized, and so we baptized in pools, we baptized in lakes. We've not baptized on the stage yet, but Lord willing, we're going to do that in the month of February, so y'all pray for us. I know there's some folks that still are waiting to be uh, baptized since they've been saved, so y'all bear with us, and we're certainly moving towards that. Uh, again, as I said, Rush entered into an agreement. Uh, Rush Ministry's been around for about 11 years, and our heart, our goal is that that become uh, the place that we will host Rush event. As God began to move forward, a a dear family, a dear friend of mine stepped in and said, Mark, it's time that we quit investing money uh, into other venues that cost us a lot of money. Let's start to invest in our own venue, in our own infrastructure. Let's start to build, amen, towards a generation in our own community. Because I'm going to tell you something, guys. I moved away from here for a long time. I came back kicking and screaming six years ago, but I came back nonetheless. And this is my home. I was born and raised here. I love my town. I love my community. But guys, I don't want to see it die. I don't want to see it fade away. I want to see it become stronger. I want to see the church have a greater impact in our community. Why? Because the church, hear me, the church is man's hope in a lost and dying world, guys. The word of God being preached, it's our hope. It's the place we run to. And and understand something, we'll talk a lot in the next few weeks and months about buildings and we'll talk about property, but hear me and hear me loud and clear. That is only a means to a greater end. The greatest end is that people come to know Jesus Christ as their Personal Lord and Savior, and how many of you know? It there takes a place for us to go and to gather, and it's called a church house. And can I tell you, Jesus didn't die for a building; He died for the body of Christ, the church. That's why we have to go out. That's why we have to reach people where they are. So, having said that, we again with that family and that friend of ours who had walked with us for several years, and and Rush, we started building some infrastructure. We are going to host the first ever Rush in our own community. On May the 9th uh, and it's going to be at that property. It's going to be as you saw the bulldozers and things that are going on. Men that have stepped up in our church and, and taken the, the lead on this has just blown my mind. We now have a, a main road coming through where we can not have to drive all the way down through the golf course. Though Some of you rednecks really love driving down through the golf course in your trucks and jumping heels and, and all that but we're, we're going to make one direct route All the way down to the lake, and that road is almost done. If the weather holds up, we should be done in the next week or so. Uh, uh, Where is uh, uh, Lucas? Lucas and uh, David and several others, Mark Ellington. and uh, I went out there and picked up a hammer just took a picture just so people would think I built it. They built a uh, zip line. We're going to have a double zip line all the way across the lake, some 690 feet. If anybody in the insurance uh, industry asks you, it's 600 feet because it has to be 600, but I think it's 600 600 feet. But anyway... We're uh, we're going to do that, and we're going to we, every year we had spent between thirty two and fifty four hundred dollars in paintball at rush weekend, and and uh, kind of kind of a big light went off in Pastor David's head, and he said, why don't we look at buying and investing in it so we don't just use it one time in the year? And he went out and priced. If you know David, he's on the computer running crazy, and he found us a, a full outfit. Uh, to, to house 20 people and, and we're going to build a, a paintball course out there for less than what we're paying to rent it for for one day. So that's going to be something that students in our community, other churches can be a part of. Uh, we're praying as we move forward. God has given us three artesian wells and without getting in all the technical uh, issues of that water, we had it tested and these artesian wells are pumping over 100 gallons a minute. That's a lot of water and it's pumping fast and it's pumping clean. It's uh, when you measure it and, and you measure the the, the clarity of it, it measures a rating higher than uh, Callaway Blue, Zephyr Hills, and several others. And you say, what does that mean? It means my water is better than yours. That's what it means, but... It means that God is going to do something. Guys, I'm praying about it. We've spoken to several bottling companies. Uh, maybe God is going to open us up to bottle our own water. I don't know. But here's what I do know. He is giving us the land, and then through his own resources, he's going to give us a way to pay for it. And that's that's what I believe. He's giving us a lot of timber. We're speaking with a, a, a cruiser and a, a guy that's beyond just a timber guy, but a guy that's going to help us maintain and clean and make it beautiful and keep it pristine and, and sell the timber. Again, all these reasons why. Here's why. Because when we enter into this agreement as Rush Ministries, our goal was to launch a church, and that became Northridge Church. Jesus didn't die for Rush Ministries. He died for the church. The church is our focal point. The church is what we need to stand up and be as a body of Christ. So here's what's going to happen. Once Rush pays the land off then what's going to happen is free and clear the buildings that are up on the property, the 14 acres that we're going to give, we're going to deed over to the church and it will be free and clear. And just that alone will be worth somewhere around a half a million dollars. The church will have a baseline to start going. The two will operate uh, together and, and with one purpose, and that's to reach the people in this community and the people in our state and the people abroad with the precious message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Guys, I'm going to tell you something. What you're, Walking into today, if you're your first time here, you're walking into a work. Uh, the director of our, our deacon ministry, which now we have thir- thirteen deacons, we have uh, two men that are on our board of stewards. But the deacon ministry uh, director is is uh, Ben Daniel. Uh, ben, wave your hand at us wherever you are. Ben in the back. Doug Riddick is our assistant, if you would. And then we got eleven more guys. These guys are, are gonna walk. Uh, in ministry, and, and next week you're going to see how that's going to unfold, Lord willing, and you're going to get an opportunity to have a book in your hand to find out who these guys are and to find out how to get involved. These men are not voting on light bulbs. They're not voting on carpet color. They are taking the lead for Northridge Church to lead us in different areas of ministry. That's what I believe uh, Acts chapter 6 and First Timothy chapter 3, as I shared with you, and then our vision for deacon ministry, I believe that's what it's about, and I believe these men believe that, and I want you to support and pray for them. Uh, as we move forward. So with that, I I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a preface. I don't want to give you just an itemized list of the things that are happening up there because as I I shared with you, there's a lot of information going to be coming very, very soon. The buildings that we're doing right now, we feel pretty comfortable that it's unfolding in a really cool way. We're being able to, to pay the bills. God has blessed us in ways, guys, that is beyond measure. Uh, just continue to, to pray about what God would have you to do. Uh, Pastor David, sorry I couldn't be here today, had asked me, said, Mark, I need, I need you to tell the church we've got to buy 150 chairs. They're about $47 apiece. He said, Start telling them to be praying about sponsoring a chair because each chair represents a youth. It's going to be, we're going to have one of the most amazing youth buildings you've ever seen. That, that building up there is going to be our youth building. And why? So we can reach young people. Not so we can take young people from other churches, but so we can take young people that are on the street, that are not in church, so we can invest in them and find out uh, what it means to truly be a church in, in a small community. Amen? There's 30,000 people, just shy of 30,000 people in Thompson Epson County. When we first started this church, David and I sat down and we counted up and realized that this morning, if you add them all up across the the, the churches, every church in this community, and and how many of you know we got a lot of churches in in Upson County, okay? But check it out. 25 plus thousand people are not in church today. And that's not all right with me. We need to do something. We need to reach out, and I'm going to share with you in just a moment uh, in these five visions that I'm going to give you. So February the 15th, tentatively... We're going to be launching our brand-new worship building that's going to seat about 700 people. Uh, we're just trying to go middle of the road. We realize that, that God is, is so much bigger, but we want to not enter into something that's so beyond the scope of our means uh, that it just gets out of, the, out of the banks. But having said that, we want to do something beyond just telling you the vision. It's in my head, and, and I know that that's great, and I can share with you, and I can talk with you about it. But on February the 15th, Lord willing, we're going to present to you, the church, a virtual tour of our existing building. We're going to present to you our children's building, which is underway right now. And also our to-be sanctuary that is going to be amazing. And God's going to do something profound in that. But we're not just going to show you a picture of it. It's going to be a fly-through virtual tour. You'll be able to go through and look at everything and see exactly what it looks like Before we ever break ground on it. Why? Because I want you to become as passionate about what it's going to take for us to reach people. When I went up on that mountain. And when some of you went up on that mountain. And we consecrated it over to the Lord. And said, Lord, this is not Rush. This is not Northridge. This is your land. This is your church. And and I want you to begin to pray about that. And to pray about what God would have you to do. Uh, This Saturday we're going to be working. You want to be a part of it? Get out there, just bring a lawnmower, bring a bush hog, bring something. And, and matter of fact, Brother Mark asked me to mention, if you'd like to be a part of that, see him right after uh, service today and let him know what you'll be bringing. If you have your Bibles, I would like for you to turn with me, if you will, to the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, chapter 29, and verse 18. I'm going to read one verse today, and then I'm going to unfold very quickly five, five visions. Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision, the people Perish. Let me read that again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, and of course that word, inclusive of all of the word of God, the principles and precepts found therein. But he that keepeth the law, or the word of God, happy is he. He. Listen, watch it again. Listen to the first part. Where there is no vision, the people perish. The antithesis of that is this. Where there is a vision, people live. How many of you know that as a child of the Most High God, He's called us to live. He's called us to live a lively hope. If that's you today, get your hand up. He didn't call us to die. He didn't call us to get saved, and that's the end. He called us to come into a lively hope, to walk in a hope that's greater than us. Let's pray today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would unfold this vision that you put in my heart in a clear manner that it would propel us into not only this year, but God, in the years to come that would outlive every person in this room because it is your work. In the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and everyone said amen and amen. In respect to this church launch, Northridge Church, I, did, I want to be part of something bigger than me. I want to be part of something bigger than you. I want to be part of something bigger than Thomaston. I want to be part of something that is alive and moving. First Peter 1 and 3 says, Blessed be the God of our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, watch this, which according to his abundant mercy. Everybody say abundant. Say it again. Abundant. Say it one more time really loud. Say abundant watch this according to his abundant mercy has begotten or birthed us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ hear me Northridge Church or any church for that matter and its greatness and its impact and effectiveness is not predicated on programs it's not predicated on great music it's not predicated on anything other than the preaching of the precious gospel the resurrection of Jesus Christ and his abundant mercy if we preach the word. Faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Mark why do we do music? Because you and I both know music is the pathway that ushers us in to the throne room for the word of God to be preached. If we only do this and we don't humble our hearts to the word of God then we've completely missed the lively hope that he's talking about. You see the reality is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18 Then I'm going to give you five things is, is we have to put our head around this. That the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, him crucified, dead, and buried, and raised again, is foolishness. Hear me. Foolishness to those who are already dying. They don't get it. it it's a mystery. It, it makes no sense to them. It is foolishness for me to stand up here because I know who I was. I know where I've been. You see, To have a vision, you got to look at where God's brought you from. How many of you are a little better off today than you were this time last year? How many of you are a little bit better off? Guess what? The reality is, is I can go back to a place when I wasn't looking for Him, but He pursued me with His precious love, and He pulled me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock. He put a new song in my heart, and He established my goings, and I've never looked back. Mark, are you living a perfect life? No, I'm not. I fail Him every day, but here's what I know to be true. The message of hope is not foolishness to me why because it says but unto us which are saved it is the power of God we'll give you five quick visions that I believe to be imperative for you and I to put our heads around number one I think we need to have a vision of community we need to have a vision of community and his first thoughts are Thomaston. No, no, no. The first thing we need to do is we have, need to have a community of believers. If I look out among these 300 some odd people in this room, we are a community of believers, the body of Christ. But I want you to understand something. The reason we have community groups is not just to take up some time on Sunday night. It's to build community. It's to build relationship. It's to get deeper in the word of God. Why, Mark? Because I don't want to just be the body of Christ because you as well as I know that there's there are bodies all over this state, all over this country, all over this town that are floundering because they don't have community. And watch what happens. When we build community, then we become a family. You see, family knows what's going on in other family members' lives. Let me say this to you. If you knew what was going in in the person at life down the road from you, you would be on your face right now praying on their behalf. You see, when we become community, We go beyond the body. But when we become become family, we become intimately concerned about the affairs of other people. Amen? We need to be a community of believers. Secondly, we need to be a community of our Jerusalem. Our goal, hear me, our goal at Northridge Church never has been, is not now, and never will be about trading sheep. It is not our goal to take church members from across town because we got the next best thing. Our goal, hear me, church member, if you're here today and you're a child of God, your goal, my goal, our goal collectively is to go out and invite somebody to church because that is your Jerusalem. Acts 1 8 says, We, when the power comes upon us, we will be witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and all of Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. What is he saying? He's saying, First area of attack is your own community. But hear me, people may not come if you don't invite them find out if they're in church. Hey, do you have a church home? If they say, yeah, man, I go to Christ Chapel. Say, yeah, man, I like that old Billy and Scott. I'm going to be praying for them, man. Kelly Kitchens is a great youth pastor. And get on your face and pray with them. And encourage them to stay in that church and to stay invested. Hey, I go to Mountain View. Hey, yeah, man, I'm going to pray for Rex. I'm going to pray for Brother Keith. I'm going to pray for Ryan Christopher. I heard they got a new youth pastor. I'm going to pray for them. Let's move forward and realize that our church is not about reaching people that are unhappy or disgruntled in another church. Because, guys, that is a door If we bring them in unhappy They're going to walk out the back door unhappy Let's bring them in here And let's invest them Into the work of Jesus Christ Not only our Jerusalem But we need a community Of the church Jesus died for the church. Husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Ephesians 4, 4 through 6 says it this way. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and one Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Here's what we're saying. Let's erase those stinking proverbial lines that somebody drew in the sand and says, I'm Baptist, you're Methodist, you're Pentecostal. Some of us don't know what we are, but here's what we do know. We are one faith, one baptism, one Lord. It's time we become one church. The only way to do that is for you to fix your own heart. See, it ain't something somebody else has to do. Listen, let me tell you something. Don't be surprised if you walk in here one day and somebody who looks different, who worships different, who dresses different, who talks different is standing on this pulpit because if he preaches the word of God, he is welcome in this place. And here's what I know to be true. You want that as well. Secondly, we need a vision of love. It's time we start loving the church. The Bible says in Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together is the manner of some, and even that much more as the day approaches. Let me tell you something. It's time to stop having to be drugged to church. It's time to be excited on Sunday morning and get up and go, Woo, church is here, man. I'm going to church. It's going to be good. And not because there's coffee out there or water or because somebody. Let me tell you something, guys. Don't come just because there's some pretty little girl. I'm talking to you guys down there. Y'all look at me. Don't come in here just because pretty little thing is sitting down here. Hey, if she's sitting next to you, that's just icing on the cake. But come because you love Jesus. And he loves the church. It's time to get passionate about the church again. We need a vision of love. Secondly, we need a love for the Word. If I can tell you anything today, you need to fall in love madly, passionately, in love with the Word of God. It is our only hope. It is our hope. Most of you are like me. I read the Bible, man. I picked it up back in the day, and, and it's all these therewith and whywith and forwith and from this point henceforth and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, who wrote this? Listen, that's a King James Bible written in 1611 under Elizabethan uh, language and vernacular. Get you a new King, King James Version. Get a new living translation. I don't care what you get. Just fall in love with the Word of God. Hey, if you can't read it, get you an app on some device and listen to it. Fall in love with it. One of the things that we did with Jeremy when he first came here is he couldn't read, bless his heart, he couldn't read anything. You know what we did? And it was just God. I put the Word of God under his pillow. I said, lay on it. It'll get in you. And he learned and he got excited about what God was doing. He still can't read it, but that's okay. We'll keep sleeping on it. Amen? Fall in love with the Word of God. 1 John 2 and 5 says, But whoso keepeth his word... Listen, in him verily is of love of God perfected. You will never love God's people until you fall in love with that book. And then when you do, you won't even realize it. You'll be standing there amongst someone and somebody will ask you a question and you'll pull out a scripture. to come out of absolutely nowhere. You know why? Because you have hidden that book in your heart and when it needs to come out, it's coming out. There ain't nothing you can do about it. You'll start quoting scripture and popping things left and right and you'll turn around and go, well, that's pretty good. And you go, well, I know. That was me. You know, preach it, brother. Well, I think I will. You know, you're going to do that if you just get in the book. Thirdly, time to love our family again daddies it's time to stand up and be the leader of your home quit expecting wife and mama to be the one to take them to church you need to be the leader of your home and the reality is you need to love your wife as christ loved the church the greatest gift daddies that you can give your children is to love their mama Hey, I don't know. you. Maybe you don't like her a whole lot right now. Notice, I didn't say that. You love her because you choose to. You don't have to like her a lot. Stephanie don't like me most days, but she chooses to love me. Don't say amen. What are you over there nodding for? Seriously? You're right, brother. You just go on and preach it. I'm not qualified to stand before you if I'm not loving and leading my family. But Father's... Don't you think God looks at you any different as you lead your home? Thirdly, real quickly, we need a vision of purpose. This time we quit walking around haphazardly, Billy, and waiting for life to happen. Because if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to end up there. Man, you would never just start walking without knowing where you were going. Now, I know the wives are sitting there and go, you have no idea, Mark. Every time my husband pulls out of the driveway to go on a vacation, he has no clue where he's going and won't stop and ask anyone. That's because we're mission-minded. We want to find it. We're not going to ask anybody. That's a sign of weakness. All the men said amen. Doggone it. I love that thing in, the, in, the, in, the, you know, in our phones and in, in the navigation system now. And, and you know, they, they think they know everything. Turn here. Turn there. I know where to go. But check it out. It is time that we get a purpose. Jeremiah 22 and 11 says this. Jeremiah, a man called, hear me, to preach to an apostate Judah. To preach to a people. Man, don't miss this. That would never change their heart and turn back to God. How would you like this? How would you like to be called into a ministry and he goes, Oh, by the way, you're not going to have one single convert. I want to be a part of that work. Hey, start a church, Mark, and it's just you and Stephanie. Well, if that's the case, she's the pastor and I'm the deacon because that would never work. But check it out. He says, not only are you going to go and preach, young man, but you're going to cry over those people. You're going to wail over them. You're going to lament. In fact, you're going to write lamentations. You're going to be known as the weeping crybaby prophet. But in spite of that, he says, for I know the plans that I have for you. Why? To declares the Lord, a plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And if God is a changeless God, and He is, and He can't look at me any different than He looked at Jeremiah, and He can't look at Jeremiah different than He looks at you. Different missions, different goals, different times. But I want to be so bold to tell you this morning, He's got plans for your life too, but you have to walk in that purpose. When have you ever asked him, God, what do you want me to do? What plans do you have for me? What successes do you want me to walk into? In fact, years ago when I was a youth pastor, I heard it said, I wish I could remember who said it. It was an old preacher from back in the day. I want to say it was Billy Sunday. I don't know for certain. He preached a message one time on success. And he said these words, success is finding the will of God for your life and doing it. Success is finding the will of God for your life and doing it. Success is not you trying to be like someone else. Success is not you using something that God has not given you to try to sing or act or talk like somebody else. Use what God has equipped you to be. Be that unto the glory of God. That is success. Success is not a great job. It's not a wife, two kids, a dog and a half. That is not success. A boat in the driveway, a four-wheeler out in the back, land to hunt on. Success is finding the will of God, living in that purpose, set apart to God as unto the Lord, and just start walking. He'll do the rest. Say, Mark, how do you know he'll do the rest? He says this, he which hath begun a good work in me will also complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Why do you say that? Because here's the reality. I believe that there's not one single person that's homeless in Atlanta today, or here, or anywhere for that matter, that's set in a middle school desk in the seventh grade. You know, when the teacher says, what do you want to be? I guarantee you there was not a one of them that said, I want to be homeless. I want to be disenfranchised from my home. I want to be outside in 20-degree weather. I want to get rained on every night. I want to have to be in that place where I fear for my." Nobody does that. The difference, however, between you and me and them is that we made plans not to be. Now, I understand some people end up in very desperate times through things that are bigger than themselves. But I'm speaking categorically here. Sometimes people end up in those detrimental places because they don't make plans not to end up there. See, a plan without a plan of action, church, is a fantasy. If you're sitting there today and go, man, I want to know the word of God. I wanna, man, I want to be able to preach. I want to be able to quote those scriptures. I want to be able to be the husband like that guy. I want to be a wife. I want to be a foster parent. Listen, it's just like anything else, man. If you want to be fit, quit eating. If you wanna be in shape, go to the gym. If you wanna know the word of God, shut the TV down, get off Facebook, and get in it. You gotta have purpose in your life. It is not just gonna accidentally happen. Nothing does. You gotta have purpose. Purpose. Fourthly, real quickly, we need a vision of building. Now let me qualify this. First, we need to be a building church. We will build strong families. If you do what we are providing by way of outlets of ministry, your strong your family will become stronger. Men, get involved in the men's ministry. Women, see Becca, get involved in the women's ministry. Youth, get involved in the youth ministry. Seniors, get involved any way you can. Get plugged in. And and if there's not a ministry, call me and say, hey, what about this? had a guy come the other day and said, hey, man, I feel compelled to start a marriage ministry. My wife and I have been praying. You know what I didn't do? Well, let me just talk to you about your qualifications. You know what I told him? I'm with you. Start working on it. Let me know. We need to be building strong stewards. Can I tell you something? I went through a, a, a class when I was at Mountain View. Uh, what's it called, somebody? Finance, Crown Financial. We'll, we'll start doing it here at some point. It's beautiful. And you know what I realized? The first day, the first day, God owns it all. I heard one preacher say, he said, I get kind of uh, excited and laughable when when I look at people and think that God only wants 10% of your money. He said, I kind of laugh at that. No, no, no. God is requiring 10% according to the law. You and I live in the dispensation of grace. You're not bound by some stringent legalistic terms. The reality is is when we step into grace, 10% should be my minimum. Man, I'm going for more than that. Hey, every single man that's on this deacon ministry, and when we do our our, our thing with the building, as we challenge you to do and to give, watch what happens. We're going to stand up here. Every one of us tithe. Every one of us do more than that. Why? Because it is a principle and a precept that I've learned from other men and women. I've watched Doug and Starlin. I've listened to them. And he says, you know, we just want to give more. Here's the good thing. Pay off a bill. When you pay off that bill, give one more percent to the Lord. You know why? Because Malachi 3.10 says, try me. If you don't think I'm being real on this, he says, try me. See if I want to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you that you won't be able to contain. You know why some of you can't afford to tithe? Because you're not trusting God in obedience and just tithing. Oh, there it went. There it went, Mark. You just come in and talking about... Let me tell you something. It's time for me to challenge us to do more for the glory of God because God is worthy. Stewards, we need to build strong faith. You need to begin this year daring to dream big for your life, for the community, for the church, for the body. Dare to dream big. Dare to believe big. And here's the big culmination of that. Dare to trust him big. If you have not seen breakthrough in your life, maybe you're not believing him for breakthrough. You pray for rain on a sunshiny day, and somebody prayed for rain today. Bless your heart. But if you pray for rain... I was preaching in Africa years ago, and there was 10, 11, 12,000 people out there that couldn't understand my language. And I thought, I'm going to use an illustration. And, and I get up there to preach, and they're all out there, and there's a guy speaking, uh, uh, interpreting my language. And I said, if you pray for rain, and all of them like going, oh, you know, they hadn't had not any rain in forever. I'm like, "What, well, really bad choice of words. But I said, you grab an umbrella, and you go outside. The reality is, if you pray for something, you need to begin walking in expectation that what you're praying for is about to happen. Second, we need to be a builder of churches. Some of you, what I'm about to say is gonna gonna make you take a step back. But it's my goal that we also become a church-planning church. Mark, we don't need any more churches. Well, I argue we do. When we have 20-something thousand people Well, Mark, if they just fill up the churches that are already in town, hey, that's fine. If we see a church diminishing and decreasing, let's begin to pray that we can go help raise them up and let them reach who they're supposed to reach. We need to be a church-planning church. We also need to be investing in other parachurch organizations. I'm going to challenge you next Sunday to believe in the vision of feeding 6,000 kids, not just 6,000, but 6,000 more. Because here's what you guys that have never traveled overseas never have put your face in front of and that is a child who doesn't know where his next meal is coming from. They're ministries that are feeding those children. Instead of us raising up a ministry that does what they're already doing, let's jump over here and get involved and help them be what God's called them to be. We need to invest in parachurch organizations. We need to think about events and things in our own community and let's help them be successful. And then thirdly, we need to be a church about missions, man. I'm going to ask you to come on if you will and make a song ready. Listen to me, missions is not something that that guy does. Missions is something we all have to do. How many of y'all have ever been on a missions trip, ever? Not just out of the country, ever. Missions. You need to get plugged in so that you can take your child or your family your wife and go over to another place and see really how bad people have it and see how hungry they are for the word of God. Do you know why? Because you'll bless them but guess what else? You'll walk away blessed more than what you bless them you'll walk away with a passion for people that you may never see again. Who knows? God may send somebody into your home. God may do something bigger. Get involved in missions by way of fostering in your own community. Missions is not just something you do when you go over the water. Missions is right here in our community in our church, in our home and in other homes. Missions is what we have to be about. And then lastly most importantly fifth thing we need, five just happens to be the number of grace. You and I Northridge Church, your family you individually, we need to get a vision for the cross. You see, we can build a bunch of buildings and miss the cross. And all we have done is built a building. We can host a rush event. can bring in some big names. But if we don't preach the cross, then we've just had a gathering. Next week when the Ugandan Thunder comes out of the vision of Ted Moody and and Meredith is going to share with us and they'll share with us the vision behind this and and these kids get up here, an African uh, choir that has flown uh, from across the world against odds that are greater than anything you and I can fathom and they get up here and sing and some of us will be sitting out there and go, I don't really like that music. Guess what? It's a music that is a sweet savor into the nostrils of a holy God. you know why? Because they're singing behind the cross. What does the cross mean to you today? When you look at the church, when you look at people, when you look at families, my challenge for you in 2015 is look through the eye scope, look through the binoculars, look through the eyepiece of the cross. Because that is the way Jesus looked for you. That's the way he pursued you. And that is, thank God, the way he sees you today. He don't see the contamination of your sin. He don't see your failures. He don't see your frustration. He don't see your levels of uncertainty. Do you know God already knows what's going to happen in 2015? And he's done it by way of the cross this way. It is finished. That's what he said. It is finished. It is settled. It is complete. It is paid for. Completely put behind us. I am walking in the newness of life because of the cross. Some of you today will enter into this year in the same way you transitioned out of last year in just a moment I'm going to say I challenge you church I challenge everyone from that side of the room to that side up in the balcony whoever you are if you're in the foyer if you're sitting on the back wall if you're in the band and you got to lay your guitar down I want to challenge this church to get not on the cross but to pick up your cross and start following him if it gets too heavy to bear lay it down God will send someone by your side to pick it up just like they did Jesus and keep marching on not to a hill of Golgotha not to a hill of death but to a place of resurrection and abundant grace and abundant mercy He has a plan for you not just Northridge not just Mark and Stephanie not just the person next to you but it's time that you quit worrying about sitting in the same spot and expecting new things you've got to change your direction the cross brought us back to God 2 Corinthians 5:17 Therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature The old things have been passed away behold all things are becoming new day by day moment by moment second by second And all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And listen to me very carefully. And has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You may have an odd against a brother on this side of the room. You may have an odd against the sister over here. Youth, you might have an odd against somebody sitting at the end of the road. Today is a day to reconcile that back to a God. Look at him and say, I forgive you. Would you forgive me? hug their neck and say hey I know that I said something that really broke your heart will you forgive me go over and hug somebody's neck and maybe say nothing or maybe you just get up and walk through this aisle get on your face maybe you want to join the church maybe God's calling you to Northridge then come do that today maybe God's calling you to rededicate your life and say I'm going to walk in you today I'm going to walk with purpose I want a new vision God but whatever it is please don't do what you've done in the past don't sit there don't just sit there Do something. Pick up your feet. Put one in front of the other. He'll walk the rest of the way for you. If you would, stand to your feet, every head bowed and every eye closed. Maybe today you just want to be a part of our church. Come on. Maybe today you want to know that you know that you know that you have Jesus Christ in your heart. He's the Lord of your life. Would you bow your heads all over the room and pray with me right now? No more hesitation. No more games. Say, dear God in heaven, I'm a sinner, and I believe in Jesus. And I want to ask Jesus to come into my heart to forgive me of all of my sin. And here's where you make it personal. Dear Jesus, save me. Be the Lord of my life. Help me to live for you until the day that I die. If you prayed that prayer right here, right now, I want you to lift your hand up. Lift it up high. God bless you. Lift it up high. God bless you and anyone else. Hold it up. Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to stand right here to stand right in the center of this. If you do nothing but walk this aisle, slap me a high five, shake my hand and try to walk away. As to say, I take the challenge. I accept the challenge to walk in new vision. This year is going to be different than last year. My family is going to persevere. My marriage is going to make it. My children are going to do good in school. All those things that happened back there, they're gone. I'm going to walk in the newness of life each day, each moment, but don't you dare sit right there and expect something different you got to do something. you got to respond. you got to take the next step. We're just going to sing right now. I'm going to stand right here. Come right now. Don't hesitate. Thank you for listening to the Northridge Church Podcast. For further information about Northridge Church, visit us online at NorthridgeThompson.com.